Then outspake brave Horatius, the captain of the gate, to every man upon this earth, death cometh soon or late. And how can a man die better than facing fearful odds for the ashes of his fathers and the temples of his gods? Lord Macaulay, you are listening to the Arterburn Radio Transmission. Who is in charge of the clattering train? The axles creak in the coupling strain. The pace is hot and the points are near. Sleep has deadened the driver's ear. And the signals flash through the night in vain. For death is in charge of the flattering train. Folks, welcome to the Arterburn Radio Transmission. It's Friday, the 22nd of September, 2023. I'm in studio with Beans the Brave. Finally, I have my co-pilot and co-host back. Uh, you guys have no idea how hard it is on me to, to go without my dog now. So I, I've gone through three wars. Um <laughs> You know, many setbacks in business. I've had businesses and lost them. And you take my dog away from me and I just I'm not whole. And uh, so I'm very thankful uh, she is in uh, makeshift studio with me. I think this will be the last time I broadcast uh, from this particular location. I'm working on my home in Denison, Texas, the home studio. But uh, every day kind of bleeds together. And my schedule has been really uh really full, but we're working on it. I wanted to make sure I I, I jumped on the stream today and uh, did a show for all of you because you are all my support group. Uh, a lot of people go to meetings and uh, call friends, and I go reach out on 9.30 a.m. The Answer San Antonio and Worldwide Christian Radio and my podcast network and the America Unplugged channel on Rockfin uh, to make sure that I have a platform to speak and I'm heard and I feel uh, welcomed by all of you. And by the way, I'll go Check the Rockfin chat on the America Unplugged channel. I'll probably do that about halfway through the show. So if you've got any comments or questions or anything, um, be sure and hit me up there. Well, uh, I also wanted to make sure that, you know, if we broadcast and, and we are streaming live, we are in defiance of the globalist goblins, the neocons, the New World Order, the Build Back Better, Biden, Beelzebub, Mathmet, Bilderberg, Bohemian Grove, Bankster Bunch. I have to always add that. Um, and I'm wearing my Yankees cap. If you're watching the live stream, if you're watching the video, I've got my Yankees cap on. And now to add to what was an amazing trip in to New York City, first time I'd ever been there, uh, I got to see my very, very good friend, uh, Billy Ray Valentine, host of the Infinite Fringe and uh, co-host of America Unplugged. And we walked around ground zero, which he's from New York and uh, grew up there, uh, born and raised in uh, the Bronx, New York, actually. And uh, we got to walk around ground zero, which he knew very, very well. and went to school close to there, worked close to there. And we went at night on the 11th and Billy Ray, um, without me asking, bought me a Yankees cap. Now, how cool is that? So I had to wear it today uh, for the broadcast. 
And I did send Billy a link if he wants to to join the, the show. He's welcome to. Uh, I've got a I've got an interesting show picked out. And every time I go and look at the headlines now, I'm reminded of where we are on this timeline. And just to be completely honest with you, uh, just so you know, I'm looking at this probably the same way you are and just asking what the actual F is happening. I, it, is, it is amazing that we're living through these times. Like there's no break. You know, I, I remember news cycles used to be completely different. And I mean, you'd have one thing a week, maybe, you know, if you're, I, I grew up on talk radio. I always wanted to be on radio. I always thought it was a great, what a, what a great job to have, you know, uh, how awesome to sit in the studio and have an audience and talk about the great ideas and what's happening in politics, who's up, who's down, history, heroes, all that stuff. But that's a different world. And, you know, it's amazing. I, I remember my father told me something once he said, um, and anybody that knows me uh, personally knows that I'm, I'm a, I have, I, and I think this is something that, that God has allowed me to do. And I don't always, I'm not always right, but I usually see trends pretty far out. And there's, and like my dad said, it's like, they're so far out that, that you're off the map. And then when people catch up to you, they're like, yeah, well, you know, it doesn't really matter that you, they don't even recognize that you were, you were calling this, you know, years in advance. And I've always gravitated towards uh, things that, um, first of all, it, it, you know, if you know my story, I found a copy of, of Pat Buchanan's The Death of the West. And that kind of started me on the trajectory of being a, a paleo conservative. And then eventually that led to more research. And now I'm just a full blown conspiracy theorist or conspiracy analyst and uh, proud of it because that's where if you do research, that's where it takes you. But I remember reading that and just having my worldview change. And I became, well, let me put it this way. I have um, an affinity for pessimism. I find, pe now this is in, in a broad spectrum, okay? Because if you know me, like I'm no pessimist, you know, you get those people kind of like a, a, a walking Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh where everything's bad and they can't get anything done and no one loves them. That's not me. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm always building something, going forward with something. But in an overall sense, um, something that Buchanan wrote, and I think this is something, it's something about that genre, uh, like Oswald Spangler's The Decline of the West, and that led to Buchanan's The Death of the West. It was like looking at, um, the optimism of the either the ruling class or the establishment and as naive and silly. And if you look through history, it always, you know, there's all these political entities meet when they meet reality. And um, so I've always been somewhat like, you know, this is not going to end well. And, you know, a certain part of my career, I remember uh, reading a book and we'll talk a little bit about this there's an article up on antiwar.com, but I remember uh, reading Pat Buchanan's book and it came out in December of 2011. It's called uh, Suicide of a Superpower. Uh, Will America Survive to 2025? And this was in 2011. I was 31 years old. And I remember thinking about that, how it didn't seem that far away. Um, and I wondered, you know, how bad would things get? Because I agreed with his thesis about, 
uh, massive trade deficits, destroying the middle class, uh, the erosion of any sort of uh, culture war opposition to uh, rabid uh, cultural Marxism, uh, you know, the, the banana republic style governance of these uh, soulless automatons that are placed in, in power by multinational corporations. So I agreed with all of that. And I, you know, started to, uh, when I ran for Congress a couple of years later, I, you know, I talked about a lot of those things. I was way out ahead of things. Like I was doing the, I was talking about things that Trump would talk about years later or a couple of years later, um, way ahead of the game. And I just wake up now, folks, just to be, just to really level with you. And I am amazed by how dystopian, um, just dumbed down, like who knew the apocalypse would be so stupid? Like you think of these movies, this predictive programming, we'll talk about that to get today too. You think about the predictive programming that we all grew up on. And, you know, these, the enemy was very sophisticated. And I don't, I don't know, they just, they just have a lot of money. I mean, they just have a printing press and they're not that smart. I mean, they, they've made some pretty sinister things, but because, but again, there's nothing really opposing them. And I, I think what has finally happened, and I just thought of this before the show, I think what's finally happened is reality in my timeline is finally syncing up to where I'm, and I, and I do believe in a not, this is not an arrogant statement um, because I, I serve God. I don't, I don't think that I have any sort of uh, special access or, or mental powers or anything. Um, but I believe I was, I'm born for being in this timeline. I don't think like I, you know, sometimes I feel like, well, I'm a throwback. I say that a lot. Uh, maybe I'm not meant for this. No, I am. I'm meant for this timeline. It's, it's, it's the reason I built this show, uh, Arterburn radio transmission. Like when I first started, like the first thing I said was, uh, was welcome to tomorrow. Right. So <laughs> I think we're going to be visited. Oh, my, that's okay. My mom was coming. In. I'm using my mother's office at the main street mall to do my broadcast. Um, so she can work around. It's no problem, but no, it's, it's weird. The headlines are so bizarre and so dystopian. And I feel like I think I'm here. I think I've arrived. I think 2023 is the year I arrived, finally syncing up to how I've been looking at the world, where we're headed, and some of the predictions that I've made. You just look at the southern border. I mean, look at that. Uh, we look like a pitiful giant. We'll talk about a little bit about that today. Um, and this is on purpose. You know, that that's the two things I I, I would say or the two words that I would tell my audience back when I relaunched this radio show in 2018 was uh, remember the words on purpose because that's what you're watching. And it's gotten so much worse since then. And um, but silver linings, there's silver linings. You know, when I when I ran for Congress, nobody knew what fiat currency was. And then and when I talk about the Fed, people assumed I was talking about the government. Well, I mean, the Fed is kind of the government. But, you know, when you talk about the Federal Reserve. It owns the government, but it isn't the government. It's not federal. People didn't know that. Uh, I think that's widely understood now. Um, the implementation of central bank digital currencies. And it's going to be it, it is going to be implemented. But I was telling David Knight yesterday, I mean, we can't that train has left the station. They're, they're coming central bank digital currencies and all these countries linking up that all did lockstep. Uh, like 125 countries all around the world that have some sort of white paper or development of central bank digital currencies. That's coming.
But the populace in general, the good news is, is that people are rejecting it. Uh, look at look at Nigeria. Uh, they use Bitcoin. So the controllers were like, hey, we got them Bitcoin. So they're really going to love this central bank digital currency. And they didn't because they understood what it was like. We have Bitcoin. We don't need you. We don't want you devaluing and printing and uh, being able to lock us out or make our funds expire. They already knew that. So thanks, Nigeria. You're leading the way uh, to people saying absolutely not. But these are the things we're going to have to deal with. And we'll talk today. Um, a little bit of technocracy.news and uh, the AI God. I want to talk about that. A lot of these software engineers and tech types uh, that, that talk about artificial intelligence. Now I'll weigh in uh, a little bit on that because that's a, that's a part of where we are, right? This is the welcome to tomorrow part uh, of when I started my program. And so I guess we're in the tomorrow land now it's, and it, it's, it's, it's starting finally to sync up. I might, I might actually be in time. Uh, this might actually be the, the right time uh, for my point of view and analysis. So appreciate all of you uh, tuning into the program, uh, downloading the podcast. I have more paratruthers lined up. I can't tell you what it is uh, because we have guests and we're booking right now, but we've got uh, at least two that are going to drop soon that I think you will really, really enjoy. So make sure you, uh, you subscribe to the podcast, either Arterburn Radio Transmission or Paratruther. They carry the same feed. All right, let's, let's jump into the headlines. And if you'll bear with me, I need to go. Um, this is the probably the last uh, broadcast I'm going to do on my laptop unless I have to. Uh, hopefully uh, by next week, I'll have the setup in the studio done. So appreciate you guys. Let me, let me go in here. Let me stop this screen because I want to put the article up. And... <laughs> this is the fun part about being your own producer. Uh, let me see. This is a zero hedge. And uh, yeah, here we go. Texas declares invasion as tens of thousands illegally cross southern border. On Thursday, Fox News White House correspondent Peter Ducey asked White House Press Secretary Corrine Jean-Pierre, so what do you call it at the White House when 10,000 people illegally cross the border? By the way, I've seen this clip. I don't want to play it, but I've seen it. <laughs> and then she asked him, the, she asked him a question that was completely partisan back. You know, so what do you call it, Peter, when the GOP put forth and then, you know, he had interrupted. And so she's not going to answer the question. And what do you call it when 10,000 illegals cross the border in a single day? What do you call that? Well, it's an invasion, ladies and gents. That's what it's been for decade after decade after decade after decade. Think of now in history, uh, it's one of the top crimes of our political class. They've done a lot to us. I mean, they've sold us out to uh, China. Uh, they sold off the American worker in a Darwinian contest of the survival of the fittest. Uh, they devalued and debauched our currency. They, you know, took us off the gold standard and put us on a fiat free for all into oblivion. Um, but one of the things, or they drive us into illegal, unconstitutional, unnecessary wars. Um, <laughs> I've been a part of those. But I think in the annals of history, when it's when it's all said and done, this will be one of the big, top, maybe top three great shining examples of betrayal. And it's not because we don't have an opposition. 
Well, actually, we, we, we don't have an opposition. We have a controlled opposition. We have people that we have given millions, if not billions of dollars to, to run for office. And this is in my lifetime. You got to remember, 1986 was the year. Uh, two things happened really interesting in 1986. Uh, Anthony Fauci uh, pushed through the Reagan White House. Uh, he indemnified and uh, held harmless all of the uh, pharmaceutical companies for vaccines. That was a very important thing because it's pesky to have like research and uh, have be liable for harming people. Uh, so you can need the government to step in and say, no, we're going to we're going to intervene, uh, step in so that you can't actually sue these companies for not doing their due diligence or pushing a product and hurting someone. Uh, so that happened in 1986. And then something um, probably equally as disastrous and planned for the future was the uh, Reagan amnesty, which I've met some people that their families were uh, given amnesty. And you can make an argument that they've become wonderful American citizens. And that's probably true. But the deal was and always happens with Republicans. The deal was we give you the amnesty and then you secure the border. Well, they never secured the border. And they never were going to. This has all been a plan to remake the demographics of the United States of America. I'm going to the next story I'm going to talk about is the, one of the results of the demographic shifts. And if you don't understand demographics, see, demography, uh, like Will Durant said, is, is destiny. So if you look at 1973, uh, this is the last year that this country ran a trade surplus. That means that uh, we started consuming more than we produced for the first time in our history, and we never ran a trade surplus again. Uh, that was two years after we were taken off the gold standard. Um, so we started. And something else happened in 1973. Well, besides the Trilateral Commission being born, I, none of this is an accident. That was a, a way that for the elites to put together think tanks that would help uh, steer away the manufacturing wealth and technology and power away from the United States and into the Asian sphere. But one thing that was even bigger happened in 1973, and that's Roe v. Wade. Roe v. Wade uh, somehow found in the Constitution that doesn't exist a right to privacy and all the rest, or that this made uh, a blanket ruling on abortion. And so since that time, you're talking about, uh, was it 50 plus million uh, children have been terminated. So it's like an entire generation of young people that will never exist, that will never, and of all uh, races and backgrounds and culture that came from that era, they, they just don't exist now. So right about that time, uh, they the elites started to make sure that we had wide open borders and that we redirected the, um, you know, the traditional uh, immigration lines and what we had done in the past, we amped those up. We multiplied it to about a factor of about eight higher or maybe 10 higher than we normally did. And we take them from different parts of the world than we ever have. And that was on purpose. And you would hear like uh, people like Chuck Schumer saying, it's, you know, it's a white supremacy to talk about population replacement. But then at the same time, you'll hear all the clips of them saying, well, there's a new demographic and we're very excited about that. You know, I mean, Joe Biden, uh, when he was running for, for president or when he was running for selection <laughs> for president, when he was running for his selection, he was saying uh, something like, uh, 
Well, you know, there's, uh, there's the timeline shows and, you know, by the uh, end of the next decade, there will be uh, less than 50 percent of people from European stock in the United States. And he said, that's a wonderful thing. And I thought that's the first time in history that a leader would applaud the dying population and shift in demographics of their own country. That's just bizarre to me. I mean, can you imagine Japan saying that? <laughs> no, you can't. Or China. Can you imagine our Mexico? Because you think Mexico would applaud it if uh, tens of millions of uh, of uh, people from the north started moving down of European descent and taking over and, and changing languages and culture and changing the laws and changing the, their political uh, infrastructure? Do you think they would applaud that? No, no rational society would. And again, you know, they make it like this absolutist thing. Like you don't, you can't, uh, you're not uh, open to other, I, I love other, I love their food. I love the language. I love the history. I like, I think we, America is a melting pot in so many ways, but you have to have some sort of semblance of sanity. And this is not sanity. This is not rule of law. I mean, guys, I wear this bracelet and people have, I've ordered this for years and this is, uh, Dominic Durden, uh, the son of Sabina Durden, he was killed by an illegal immigrant. By the way, she's a legal immigrant, not a, not a white person. Okay, I wear this every single day because she's such a example of what America should look like, and what people that immigrate here should be like, and it's the embrace of this country that she has, the patriotism, the love of her son. And she was, I interviewed her in Washington D.C at the Federation for Americans for Immigration Reform, uh, the largest radio row in America, 2019. And, and I just sat down with had a, and I, I told her I'm going to put it on. I'm never going to take it off. And she still sees me on Facebook wearing it. And, um, and, and I just so touched by her story. So this is not a race issue. You know, that's what this is. That's culture of Marx. That's such a cop out. That means you didn't think that means that means that you, you have no ability to uh, formulate an argument. Your brain is broken. You're broken. If you if if race is your argument, like you're you're already dead inside <laughs> and you're of no use to anyone because you can't think through a problem. And I, I, again, I, I don't ever say, well, but I'm not a, I'm not qualifying those little racists. No, I don't do that anymore, um, because honestly, if you haven't been called that, then you're not thinking <laughs> like if you haven't been attacked by some of these globalist uh, de debauched, depraved uh, entities that come out and say, "Well, he's, he's cl clearly he's anti-Semitic. Clearly, he's race. Cl you know, if you have a if you have an original thought or just logic, you know, if you can put one, <laughs> two, two together and, and and formulate a thought, then you are an enemy of the ruling class, and you should be shamed for that. But this is the this is the end game, right? This is the end game, and." We're being, this is, I think part of this is to demoralize you. What, what can we do? Well, we're going to, you got to have a whole new grassroots system to hold people accountable for not doing something about the Southern border. And my big question is, I know what the fed federal government's going to do. I already know that. It's open borders, Uber Alice. I already know. The federal government is not here to help. 
when you hear the undersecretary of defense in 2019 ask Congress when they could leave the border because they want to get back to a more traditional role of protecting America. There is no more traditional role. Who is that elitist? What, what kind of mindset is that? Well, I know the mindset. It's very much like Strobe Talbot, who was secretary of state for Bill Clinton. You know, he said that is, by the way, the secretary of state for the United States of America said that the nation state will become irrelevant. Yeah, you're making it irrelevant. And that's what these globalist elitists think. That's what that that's where the positions of power that they get into. Then they're asking the question, well, you know, what are we gonna what are we gonna do? Don't rely on the Fed. Don't rely on the federal government. And the states to me, especially Texas, you have to ask, what is your governor up to? I mean, he locked you down. Uh, he gave hundreds of millions to some weird shell corporation out of Frisco, Texas, to do contact tracing. People were applauding because they need a hero. They need anything. Oh, he's going to do $250 million to, to build a wall. Hey, you don't need a wall. You don't need a wall to, to, to guard the southern border. You could deputize. You could use sheriff's departments. You could... Uh, reinstitute uh, a you know national guard militia state militia you could do anything other than what they're doing which is busing people to new york or not, I mean, just sherping people across the border and sending people to new york and new york's in crisis and they're saying well we're a sanctuary city but not really you need to get out here nobody wants to do anything about the problem though the problem is you have to have rule of law you have to have a border if you don't have that you don't have a country end of issue and you're putting uh, men and women, all we have what uh, seven hundred bases in one hundred and thirty-two countries, give or take, and all those countries around the world that we go and guard their borders, but we won't guard our own, folks. That's on purpose. The two words, on purpose. That's the way that it's built into the system. It's not supposed to, to protect the United States. Again, I talked last week about terrorism, no border. They weren't worried about it. They're worried about your liberties. You need to make sure they monitor everything that you do. You need to make sure they monitor your emails, your phone calls, your bank account transactions. You need to make sure that they can imprison you. You know, they didn't ever answer Rand Paul when he said, could they drone you? Can they drone somebody inside the United States? We've killed American citizens, by the way. Wasn't it Anwar Al-Awlaki? Wasn't it, wasn't it one of the uh, people who used to come to the Pentagon, kind of like Tim Osmond used to go to the Pentagon all the time? Oh, you, Tim Osmond is Osama bin Laden. Used to go to the Pentagon. We we droned. Uh, I think it's on a, on a Lockheed, right? Well, he and he was with his kid. Yeah, they'd like to. He was an American citizen. No trial, no due process. Dead. So you might have to ask yourself. You know, can can you can you be droned? This is the point. They they create the crises to usher in the stuff that they want to use. But the border's never been an issue to them. Not through COVID. Name? Can you? When did they do something about that? Never. It's, it's never concerned. Deadliest virus in history. You know, I was I was trained uh, to be in a biological chemical environment with the gas mask in the military and doing and like having my chem suits and all that. Uh, nobody gave me a bandana. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't think that would have helped. Uh, I don't think my M95 is going to help in a, in a virus situation. But you go ahead and, and, and mandate that and make people look ridiculous, which is the uh, humiliation ritual part of it to make you feel helpless. So we've got this glaring issue. This is a, this is something that a, a Cloward and Piven moment collapsing the system, 
to remake the system. They want you to beg for authoritarianism. They want you to. They want you. They want you to reach out for a strong man. That's what it is. What it is. And they're gonna they're gonna own and control that person, whoever that is. We're, we will. The pendulum will swing, and people will beg for it. And that's what they want. They want you to want it. You got to invite the devil in. See, a rational society. Our our ancestors. You know. Do you think? Do you think my grandfather's generation and and, and when they were running things would have put up with this? The people that fought in the Korean War and the Cold War, would they put up with this? Absolutely not. There would have been something. Somebody would have been called out. There would have been hearings. There would have been investigations. Like, how did you let this? Because a lot of those people are in the ground. And I knew that was going to happen. And that's the design. They they tiptoed around and they bypassed uh, doing any real damage, again, just incrementally, slowly, like boiling the frog to make sure that that demographic died off. My opinion, because it, it looks a lot. Remember, there's a little story about, and when you have a memory, the, the Trans-Texas Corridor. You guys remember that? I do. That was a big thing. You had... Uh, Billboards all over Texas. It's about 2005 to 2007. You had billboards all over Texas. Uh, we're going to build a Trans-Texas corridor. What is that? Oh well, you know, it's just going to help us, uh, you know, negotiate trade routes and new highways. We're going to. It's going to be great. We're going to cut this giant swath of rail lines, highway systems, and you think, oh, well, where does that go? Well. First, it starts in Texas, and then these other states are joining up because they want to get part of this corridor, too. And you know where it goes? It goes from the Gulf of Mexico and coming up and goes into Canada. And um, uh, they were, you know, they had uh, Condoleezza Rice went down to Baylor and uh, started talking about uh, unification. Remember the Amero and uh, the North American Union? Because that's how the new world order works. I mean, you do it regionally. You do these in blocks because people can associate with their neighbors. And then you take that sovereignty away and you plug it into the mothership, which is the new world order, one world government, one totalitarian socialist government. That's what they did. So when she was going through this and talking about uh, the North American Union and uh, the Trans-Texas Corridor is going on at the same time. People started putting two and two together, and a lot of people showed up to count, uh, city council meetings and showed up to budget meetings, and that was that demographic. My favorite my favorite generation of Americans, that's my grandparents. And my grandmother, I got to see her the other day. She's doing great. She was at my ribbon cutting for Wise Wolf, and I'm so thankful that she's still here um, because I love that generation. They, they were so aware. She's... She shares more savage memes on Facebook than me. <laughs> like it's just, it's just amazing. She calls BS on all of this, and that's what they did. They bypassed because those people stopped the Trans-Texas Court. There's a reason it doesn't exist. The elites wanted it. It was an extension of NAFTA. You know, it's going to unify the Mexico and Canada. Didn't happen. It's because they pushed back. Right around that time, you also had the funding for the the fence. You know, you had this pale kind of ashen 
really strange looking George W. Bush. You guys go look at the video. It's so weird about that time because we were having the same issue at this exact I mean, 2006, 2007. All of it. There was a big grassroots pushback on open borders. And even even George <laughs> weapons of mass destruction. uh <laughs> watch this drive Bush. Uh, even he went on TV. He's like, we're going to do something about the border and I'm going to have a fence and uh, you know, all this stuff. We're going to, we're going to secure it national guard. And guess what? It, people were pacified and they bypassed that for a little while longer. This is just the, where they, they wanted this a long time ago. And now you got people like Greg Abbott in Texas and all these phony conservatives and, uh, people that don't even uh, have no semblance of what being a traditionalist is because they're so partisan and brainwashed and just level one thinking that they're watching this happen and trying to figure out how they can shift blame, how they can raise money. It's not that hard. You put your office on the border. You If you raise your hand to defend the Constitution of the United States or your state or where you live or where you're from and you and you let this happen. Like, what kind of man are you? How do you sleep at night? You know, people are going to be killed. Families will be destroyed. Economies, the, the future altered in ways we can't imagine from this. And you sit there and you're going to talk about uh, lawsuits and declarations and all this stuff. Just secure the border. You don't need the federal government. There's enough Texans that people, and we could do it humanely. You could set up there's all sorts of ways. I think there's a lot of people that want to come here that are refugees. Hear the story. I'm not against immigration. What I'm talking about, unfettered, unchecked, massive deployment of people, that's, that's an operation. That's not immigration. That's a weapon of mass immigration. And it's designed to be that way. It's designed to make you feel demoralized, like we're a pitiful giant and no one will help. Well, they're not helping on purpose. How could you see this and not do something? What? I, I asked that over and over and over. As I answered my own question all the time, like, well, I guess they're not going to do anything about it because they don't feel like I do. They don't feel like you do. You know, we see something wrong. We want to fix it. If you have the power and you don't, they sure had the power to lock us down, didn't they? You sure had the power to kill small business. You sure had the power to say we're non-essential. You had the power to sign the executive order on Friday the 13th, March of 2020, Trump, and put Anthony Fauci in charge. You had that, but you couldn't secure the border. Oh, my God, no. Oh, oh, we couldn't do that. Are you starting to see the pattern here? Like, the, the, I remember Greg Abbott put out a tweet in 2015. I See, I have a picture of me with, with Greg. Uh, I was at an event that he was at um, in 2013. He was about to run for governor. He was attorney general, and he said something always stuck weird with me. He's like, I get up in the morning and I figure out how to sue Barack Obama and the federal government. And I thought, yeah, but you're a lawyer. You would think because I have a pocket constitution and I have the ability to read uh, in there is the Ninth and Tenth Amendment. Why do you need to sue them when you can just nullify? You could just make the case that doesn't apply. I mean, that's the constitutional way. You know, states, have, states don't have rights. States have powers. Execute that power, Greg, but they're not going to do that, which leads me to my point when he got elected. Of course he did. You know, massive amount of neocon money. I remember Tom Pawkin was running. That would have been a great governor. 
And I talked to Tom Pock and he was running, think about running in the primary. And he'd been like the head of the young Republicans in the 60s, super smart, paleo conservative guy. And he told me, he's like, they're Carl Rove, the big money, the neocons. It's, it's all in Greg Abbott. And of course, Greg gets elected. And one of his tweets, I've never forgotten this, uh, during a football game. He was like, uh, the Cowboys defensive line is as wide open as the Texas border. Your governor. And I've never and, and people that say, well, we got to vote for him. Why? Why is it better to have him? Why is it better? He's he locked you down. He's given hundreds of millions to some shady corporation to do contact tracing. <laughs> and by his by the way, his emergency is still in place. Texas. There's something wrong. And it's when I'm not popular. Gosh, you know how many listeners I could have if I could just not have a conscience and not have the ability to like or <laughs> not have the uh the inability to pick teams that are, that are relevant. That's where talk radio is. I mean, you got to pick the teams because if he's in my side, then he's good. You know, what I'm telling you is. It's baked into it that they're not going to do anything about it until we, the people, have another uh, option, which is, again, this is grassroots understanding the problem in the first place. These are these politicians are designed to fail. That's what the Republican Party is a scientifically crafted entity to absorb all of your outrage and make it inert. To make sure it, it turns it in, takes takes everyday people and blue collar and traditionalists and Christians and people that are outraged with the current system, and it transmutes that into Mitt Romney. It was basically the human equivalent of, of a department store mannequin. But I think that the mannequin might have more soul and uh, could probably <laughs> probably defend itself better. All right. Well, just so you guys know, the the border. It's on my radar. I wish I could do something about it. It is almost at this point, uh, it's not a lost cause. America is never a lost cause. But you understand that when you hear these politicians running to secure the border, think about decades and decades and decades of them not doing it and having the opportunity and having the budget and having the not only the responsibility to do it, and they still don't do it. Something to think about. Let me go check the... Uh, Rockfin chat. Again, you can follow me on the Rockfin chat on the America Unplugged channel. Look at that. We got a $10 tip. Let me go back through the chat here. Appreciate all you guys showing up. <laughs> AJ Tory tipped me $10. I sure appreciate that, AJ. It's very kind of you. And all the tips to America Unplugged uh, in this channel, they go to production and uh, ways for us to expand the podcast. And it just always means a lot. Uh, Patrick S is in the chat and Tom Cooper. Always good to see Tom. Angus Mustang. I know Angus Mustang. I've seen, seen Angus Mustang in person. He knows, he knows I'm real. I'm a real person. That's good to, uh, it's good to see everybody there. All right. We're going to do some more headlines. We'll float around here a little bit. I don't know if Billy's going to join us. He might. Always good to see him. <laughs> I'm starting to put up the interviews that I do with David Knight every Thursday on the podcast feed. And uh, yesterday, 
Now, he'd been talking about how uh, the EPA is going after Big Berkey water filters and water filtra- gravity-fed water filtration systems because they have silver in them. And silver is classified as a pesticide because it's used to kill things, you know, because it's antibacterial, antimicrobial. Uh, and so they're going after Big Berkey water filters. And I thought, this is how they're going to do it. You know, I was wondering, like, how are they going to attack metals? You know, they already manipulate the markets and they already, you know, uh, make sure that they keep the price of silver suppressed. And you should see the the gold and silver ratio is ridiculous. It has it ha- has no basis in reality, but they're going after it. They're going after big Berkey because of this. And I'm like, well, I filtered like I filtered my coffee this morning through a water filtration system that has silver in it to get the pesticides off the coffee. But I guess I was using a pesticide to get the pesticides off, which I don't obviously I don't believe in any way, shape or form. Silver is a medicine and they also use it in cloud seeding. I mean, they use it in geoengineering. They use silver to seed the clouds so it'll rain. So weather modification. So maybe the EPA can the EPA go after all the people that are illegally, uh, unconstitutionally, without our consent, modifying the weather around the globe, especially over the United States of America. Can you do that, EPA? Can you look up? Can you just look at the sky, EPA, and tell me, does that look safe to you? Did you authorize that? How much aluminum and barium are in those trails? What what is in that? What are you doing? I'd love to have those questions, but again, we can't, you know, we we have to talk about Lauren Boebert and um, what happened at a theater. I mean, it's just, again, it's kind of go back to the beginning of the show, like the clown world order, the dystopia, the, uh, the Armageddon, uh, the apocalypse. It's really stupid. <laughs> it's a, it, Idiocracy is a documentary, um, but with real world consequences. I mean, we, on the, on the brink of, of, geopolitical changes and shifts like we've never seen before. This is uncharted water. I mean, I'm a history guy. You know, and Churchill famously said something about the further you look into the past, the further you'll see into the future. That's generally true until you get to right about now. And then you go, I don't know. (laughs) There's, There's not much, there's not much to base off. I remember Owen Schroyer, my my good friend Owen Troyer, and, and by the way, God bless him. I sent him a text the other day. You know, he just sentenced to sixty days for being in Washington D.C. And it's a long story if you followed the story, uh, but just a, another uh, example of the politics of punishing opposition or anyone who speaks out. Um, and it, I'm praying for him, and you should too. But I remember being on his his show three hours. <laughs> And he, before we went to break, he said, uh, you tell me you can take anything in history and, uh, uh, you know, match it to what's happening today. And I said, well, I don't, I mean, I'll try. I'm pretty, pretty sure I'm pretty good at that. And, uh, you know, I want to be as humble as I can because I think he's going to throw me something pretty tough. And he comes back from the break and he goes, okay, so you're going to say something in history, match it to uh, this current thing that's going on and, you know, how would <laughs> see if it has a comparison. And I said, yeah, sure. What is it? And he's like, AI porn, deep fake AI porn. <laughs> I said, I don't know, but I, I try to. I use the story of uh, the Rothschilds and uh, you know, having having the the uh, intel on Napoleon 
being defeated at Waterloo by Wellington and going to the New York Stock or the, not, the London Stock Exchange and start selling things off, uh, kind of implying that uh, Wellington had actually lost. And of course, people panic sold and they knew that. But anyway, that's one of the ways they got there. That was just a way to say, I think it's the, a huge fake, head fake, uh, you know, sinister and a lie. So that's the only thing I could think of. But no, you, you really can't anymore. So we do our best on this type of show. We'll just, I'll show up and suit up and see what I can get done for you folks. And we appreciate you. Um, let me see. Let's bounce around here. I wanted to talk about the AI God. And uh, we need to do that. There's so many headlines I wasn't able to get to. I know, I know we're running up against time, but um, antiwar.com had an uh, article about an Air Force general who defends a memo that predicted war with China by 2025. That's one of the things I mentioned at the beginning of the show, uh, talking about Pat Buchanan's book. Something about 2025, um, and you guys can uh, go to antiwar.com and check out the article. That's another one of those things I found I thought, and put into the uh, to the zeitgeist something you should pay attention to. These little memos are important, kind of like uh, Wesley Clark uh, when he talked about uh, seven countries in five years and all that. Just start paying attention to these little headlines. They'll float this kind of stuff as a way to get you to think about um, inevitability of war. And again, that's programming you. That's mind control. Nothing is inevitable except that uh, God wins, right? Um, I saw another, before we do that, I'm just reading some headlines, uh, natural news, uh, U.S. national debt hits 33 trillion mark. I, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of Aleister Crowley, occultists, Illuminati, that oh sure love the 33, maybe it's to celebrate. And maybe it's 33.666 trillion, I don't know. And uh, 1 trillion occurred in just the last three months. So who knew, right? Uh, if you don't have any sort of, if you don't have any sort of financial, uh, or, uh, any sort of equilibrium, um, fiscal equilibrium, this is what happens. You, uh, you go off the cliff and these numbers are unsustainable. You can't pay this stuff back. Uh, it's not designed to do that. Um, if you know anything about how the federal reserve works, um, you have to borrow more to pay. So it's a snake eating its own tail. That you, in order to pay off the debt, you'd have to create more debt. That's the way the system was built in 1913. So to even talk about it is really kind of irrelevant. And you can't cure inflation with more inflation. <laughs> Sorry, it doesn't work that way. You can't. I mean, the dollar itself is inflationary by its existence because it's not tethered to anything. And it's fake. And, you know, I told uh, David yesterday, I was just reading a little history of silver and, you know, the, the word dollar comes from the word Thaler, which was a German silver coin that was mined for centuries. They, they called it the Thaler. It turned into the dollar. So that's a silver coin. Same thing with in India. The, the rupee uh, comes from the word, the meaning for the word silver, which is rupiah. So silver is supposed to be money. And so when you have money or currency, which is, there is a difference that's not tied to anything, completely fake. You can't stop its inflationary process because it is inflationary by its existence, by by having it uh, in the third dimension. Uh, you cannot stop inflation. Sorry, it's that's what it's designed to do. It's designed to inflate. 
and enrich the top 1% of 1% and not you because you it's it's a big club and you ain't in it. All right, let's uh we got just so limited time. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it. I might have to do, <laughs> I might have to do a separate podcast to talk about the uh the AI gods, but let's do this. Let's just jump into it and I'll try to end with it. By the way, we're brought to you by Wise Wolf Gold and Silver Exchange and I've got a lot of great deals going on in Wolfpack. So go check out wolfpack.gold or go to wisewolfgoldandsilver.com and uh, hit the link to join Wolfpack. If you don't think you can uh, afford precious metals, you can. You just got to go to you got to go to uh, wisewolfgoldandsilver.com. Check out Wolfpack. Check out the links. Uh, little as fifty dollars a month. We buy for you. We show you a comparison invoice. Hundreds and hundreds of members all over the country, and the more people that join, the better deals everybody gets, and the variety is insane. Uh, we got a lot of uh, uh, really magnificent products, interesting products going into these packages. So go check that out. All right, let me stop this screen and we're going to start a new one and check out a little bit of this article up by Patrick Wood over on technocracy.news. Yeah, creating the AI God. And I thought it was a, this is a great article. And we should have spent more time with it. Maybe I, and I've got more paratruthers coming out. I need to just do a paratruther where I sit down and do an article like this and go through it. Um, but what uh, the headline of this story, creating a God, question mark, AI may be the last invention of mankind. This is one candid AI engineer. Uh, we're creating God. As these technocrats barrel towards their goal of AGI, their public persona is disingenuous as they warn of dangers and the need to slow development. As super intelligence emerges, it will be accepted as God, display powers like God, and take control over mankind. Well, it's not God. I do believe that they think they're summoning something. If you look at like Burning Man or the developers at Google, a lot of these Silicon Valley people, uh, they believe they're talking to the old ones. Well, they're talking to someone. Uh, it's, it's it's not good. It's not love and light, ladies and gents. It's not truth. Uh, it's something, well the, well, the existence of the devil, master of lies. This little article says... Um, we and again, I want to give uh, attribution. It was by uh, Nick Bilton via Vanity Fair, and again, I can't read it all, but very well written. It says uh, we invented wheels and compasses and chocolate chip cookie dough ice cream <laughs> and lounge chairs and penicillin and equals MC squared and be and beer that comes in six packs, the pet rock <laughs> and uh, goggles for dogs called doggles and square watermelons. One, stop, one small step for man. We came up with the Lindy Hop and the musical toothbrushes and mustard gas and glow-in-the-dark Band-Aids and paper and microscope. And <laughs> I can't. Well, there's a few expletives in there. He says, we went to the, the bottom of the ocean and into orbit. We sucked energy from the sun and fertilizer from the air. Let there be light. We created the most amazing pink flamingo lawn ornaments that packs <laughs> of two for only $9.99. But he goes in to talk about where we're headed next. Is in a universe that stretches an estimated 93 billion light years in its diameter with 700 quintillion, followed by 20 zeros, planets. And he says, uh, 
this little tiny blue dot we call Earth. One of us created a tool called a spork. The most astounding part is that while the same universe is estimated at 26.7 billion years old, we did everything in just under 6,000 years. Well, I don't agree with that. I think we've been around a lot longer. It says now we have created a new machine that is made of billions of microscopic transistors and aluminum and copper wires that zigzag and twist and turn and are interconnected in incomprehensible ways. A machine that is only a few centimeters in width and length. Little tiny machine that may end up being the the last inventions human ever a human ever creates. This all stems from the idea conceptualized in the 1940s and finally figured out a few years ago that could solve all the world's problems and destroy every single human on the planet in the snap of a finger or both. Machines that will potentially answer all of our unanswerable questions: Are we alone? What is consciousness? Why are we here? thinking machines that could cure cancer and allow us to live until we're 150 years old, maybe even 200. Machines that some estimate could take over 30% of all jobs in the next decade, from stock traders to truck drivers to accountants and telemarketers, lawyers, bookkeepers. It says, uh, but something, something that go to war with us and likely against us. Artificial intelligence. Well, we're going to maybe talk about more of this on America Unplugged, too, because I'm running up against uh, my timeline here uh, for a break. And I just want to say this is something we're going to talk more and more about, regardless of what show I'm on, because this is the singularity, you know, aside from central bank digital currency, aside from the elites using war and creative destruction and the Malthusian trifecta of famine, pestilence and war. Uh, this is in my wheelhouse, something I want to talk about. Maybe we'll get to uh, do a show with with Billy Ray, uh, get him on here to talk about this, because this is they've dumped this in our lap, too. I think they've accelerated that timeline. Uh, so definitely something that needs to be discussed. But uh, appreciate all of you uh, I'm running up against the end of the show. Uh, it means so much that you're here. Uh, I'll be back next uh, Friday, uh, look, around 2 p.m. Central Time on the Rockfin channel of America Unplugged. You can find the podcast anywhere podcasts are found, Arterburn Radio Transmission, Paratruther. And I will say again, I mean, I, I'm really, really pushing right now Wolfpack. Go go to wolfpack.gold. We've got so much cool stuff. Don't get left behind uh, because in a world of bulls and bears, you can be the wolf, okay? You take care of each other. See you next time. End of transmission. <laughs>